Welcome to Order Up, the restaurant operations podcast brought to you by Ops Analytica. I've been working in the restaurant industry for almost 33 years now. And the one thing that all restaurants have in common is they've got some issues. We all have them. Some they know about a lot that they may not even know about. Um, but those issues are costing them customer satisfaction, sales, and profits. And, and if you want to know what Ops Analytica does, we help you identify those recurring issues in your businesses. So we shed light on them with photos and comments and data, right? So you can figure out what they are. You can come up with a plan to solve them and you can make everybody a little bit happier. Your customers a little bit happier, your employees a little bit happier, and you can literally incrementally change your business by simply identifying issues and fixing them. So I, I invite you to go to opsanalytica.com, O-P-S-A-N-A-L-I-T-I-C-A.com. Check us out, get a demo, and you can see how we literally can help you change your business. Thank you. Hey there, Order Up Show podcast listeners. It's Tommy Yanolis back with another episode. We are super excited to welcome JC Bay from London. Hey, JC, how you doing, man? Hi, Tommy. It's nice to see you. Oh, it's wonderful. Yeah, we're super excited to have you on. Uh, JC, uh, it, well, he's going to get into it, but he's in the food manufacturing and the restaurant space. So, JC, the rules of the podcast are this, man. I'm going to ask you five questions. It's the same five questions okay. I ask everyone who comes on the show. And Good. we're just going to have a nice conversation. Great. So, uh, let's see. Okay, number one, explain what you do today and then take us through your career progression from your first job in the industry. Okay. Uh, I thought it may be a good idea to actually go chronological orders. So, I'm going to start with my actual career path starting. Sure. And then I can actually end up where I'm actually you know, uh, at, at this moment. So I actually started as an engineering consultant. So my major was actually engineering. I was in an automotive engineering industry for like eight years. And during this period, obviously, I was at BMW, Ford. And then during this period, I was always looking at new innovations. But as you probably know, uh, not much innovation was actually happening, you know, while I was actually staying at uh, automotive industry. Yes, recently uh, electric vehicle has come up, but obviously while I was there, uh, there was no much sort of innovation happening in there. So I was really looking for something very creative, you know, adventurous, or you know, something really motivate me. So I was really thinking what kind of things what I should do and to to sort of make a break gate I, I decided to actually join an MBA course at Chicago Booth. So during this Chicago Booth MBA course I actually met quite a bunch of entrepreneurs who's quite successful at the same time uh, very interesting and very motivated enthusiastic to sort of, uh, you know, encourage me to, you know, go for adventurous entrepreneurship, let's say. Nice. So during this period, I looked at quite many different opportunities. Uh, I'm pretty sure all the entrepreneurs, when they actually start, obviously they will do the market research, all those of things. 
But I had always in my mind that I really wanted to have a one, one thing that I really love, which was actually the food. So that's how I ended up to enter the food industry. So I looked into what is the most easiest and fastest business that I can actually open to sort of in, in the industry of the food industry. So first thing that I've done was actually opening a restaurant. I mean, unlike other countries, uh, UK is relatively easy because uh, you don't need to have a chef license. I mean, chef certificate unlike South Korea. So my origin is actually South Korean. So, so unlike South Korea, I don't have to actually have a qualification in order to be a chef. <laughs> nice. So, so yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a one thing, you know, at the same time, you know, my wife was also happy, you know, that, you know, uh, she doesn't have to cook because I'm cooking, you know, that sort of things. So we actually decided to open a restaurant at that point in time. But I was very brave and I was really, you know, keen to uh, run the business very successful as possible. So, so I opened one restaurant and then three months later, I actually opened another restaurant. The, the, the restaurant that uh, the name was a Three Cobras and the food that we are providing is a convenient, easy grab and go type of delivery food. We were at some point really popular, uh, one of the area called Canary Wharf, and we were the one of the most uh, highly reviewed uh, restaurant in that area. And then during this period, I realized that uh, food supply is also one of the area which I clearly see there are some, some sort of a lack. Example of a tea. So when you actually see any cafes and restaurants, unlike coffee, where you see coffee, you see many different types of coffee and there is a much different technology to do a roasting and sort of a filtering and et cetera, et cetera. Whereas if you see tea, not much innovation was actually happening. So I was questioning, why is it actually not happening? At the same time, one of my uh, cohort from my business school, he has a great connection with one of our OEM that produces tea. And that time, uh, he asked me to help to launch a business in South Korea to enter a South Korean market by using one of their, which means OEM's tea. Uh, so I helped him at that point of time. At the same time, he was looking at a new brand launch in UK. But we don't want to just launch uh, uh, just a normal tea brand because what we wanted to actually bring in the industry was actually new innovation to the market where we can still make it as a convenient and easy to supply to a cafe or horeca chains, let's say hotels, restaurants, and cafes, and offices even, with our conveniences, with a quality, and still gives you a functionality. So we looked into these you know, uh, co uh, customers' needs, and my mate, uh, business partner, actually created a company called Off Black, first, uh, while I was actually running the restaurant. 
And then this guy obviously asked me to join. So I ended up actually joining his company and as a co-founder and COO of, of Black. So that's how I actually ended up. And that's where we are, where I am now. And uh, if I explain a little bit about Off Black, Off Black is a tea company based in UK. We launched our first product in May 2019. So we are fairly young in the industry, but we've got a, a quite a lot of award, including Great Taste Award. Uh, five out of 12 products has actually won the Great Taste Award. So oh, wow. I would say we are one of the most, you know, uh, awarded, a uh, taste awarded uh, company uh, in the tea beverage industry. Uh, and also uh, recently we've been approached by Holland and Barrett and Herod. So we launched in uh, those two retailers. Uh, our sales are quite good. So we made a huge growth in uh, 2020, so we grow, grow roughly about 600% from 2019 to 2020. And we are looking at two, three times this year of growth. Uh, majorly focus on US market. So we are in US market as well. So Amazon US, if you Google, I mean, if you Google or if you Amazon it, uh, you will see us as an off flag. Uh, and, and, and also we are in Philippines, also South Korea. Uh, and some part of Europe we are currently working on to enter. So that's where I am. Wow. Okay, I got a lot of questions. So number yes. one question on. would be, what type of food did Three Cobras sell? Okay, Three Cobra is, as you can kind of assume from the name, is a Three Korean Brothers restaurant. So... <laughs> It's not. We are not all siblings. Uh, we are actually all friends, very close friends. Uh, we found one restaurant together as a Korean guy wants to have a Korean food, but in a way of conveniences. So when we actually look at our life, we really work until late. So until, I mean, we, once you come back home, you really can't be bothered to, you know, cook much. So you really want to have a really convenient food. Sometimes you order food, etc. And if you actually see all the ordering food, the delivery foods, we didn't see at that point of time, we didn't see much of a healthy food. So we say, three cobra, make a convenient food for even single individuals. So the minimum order value is very low. At the same time, we don't use MSG. You can eat every day. And it's healthy enough so that you don't need to worry about your diet. So that's kind of a product we try to fit in. Oh, that's great. Super cool. Okay, wonderful. So automobile engineer goes, hey, I'm going to open a restaurant, open a restaurant. So you're obviously very analytical, right? You're obviously... Yeah, I would uh, say so. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you're an engineer and an MBA, then yeah, you're probably like, so you did your market research. You said, this is my niche. You, you stuck it in and, uh, and then you took off on that. And then at the same time, you joined your buddy's company, which I mean, that's how a lot of us uh, entrepreneurs, you know, we get into business. We have a friend and he's like, hey, I'm doing this thing or, hey, I need your help. I need this contact. You know, I mean, that's how I got into technology. I was a restaurant guy. Mm -hmm. Um, and then my friend was like, Hey, I got a new job. They need somebody to do my old job. 
would you be interested? So similar deal. And then we ended up buying that company. So yeah, mm -hmm. I mean, that's like the thing about MBA school, like people ask sometimes like, you know, was getting an MBA worth it? And, and what I would say is, and I don't know if you would agree with this or not, but my MBA was, the MBA was sort of two things. Number one, it was just giving you a, a broad overview that, hey, someone's already thought about this, go and read their research and then try to apply it to what you're doing. So it wasn't like you became a master of any one thing. It was more broad stroke of, hey, the marketing guys have already done this. So use this marketing theory. And then at the time too, because when I got mine, I was like the mid 2000s. It was more about using the web and, and, and looking at all these resources that are out there and, and being able to, you know, find that theory, read about it, and then try to apply it to a problem you're trying to solve. But the real thing that came out of MBA school is your connections. It's your exactly. network. And, and those are the guys that hopefully, you know, are going to be movers and shakers. Um, and, and you want to know those people uh, because they bring you into deals. And I've done business with several of my MBA cohorts as well. So yeah, I mean, that's, if you're thinking about a grad school degree, just know that what you're going to get out of it is an exposure to everything. That's a, that's kind of out there, modern stuff, if you will, and, and a very good uh, skill set in researching and applying. And then two, it's really about the relationships you make because mm. those yeah. are going to be very powerful. Yeah, exactly. Uh, my MBA was really mind opener and I would say life changer. So, I mean, sure. I, I was I was really, you know, quite stubborn, I would say. And also I was very conservative, you know, think about engineers. I mean, I'm not criticizing anything about engineers. I mean, I'm, I'm naturally born as an engineer and all my family background is actually engineering. So uh I, i'm quite conservative my myself i'm i'm very conservative and quite stubborn at that point of time but when i actually joined mba course uh it was kind of a mind opener and that i can see many different examples of different you know people's success story you know one real life and and also the networks that it provides me actually gives me a great ideas in different industries which i've never actually thought about and that's how I actually ended up getting into a food industry, really. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, like I'm a tech, I'm a tech entrepreneur, and yet I did I have a hotel restaurant degree, right? So wow. <laughs> you know, I would ever would have thought that I would have been in technology. Um nah, I guess that's not true. I always liked I always liked technology, even when I was in the restaurant industry. So I would always oh, it too, it too. I'm a very operation yeah. guy. <laughs> yeah, me too. Yeah. So our, our platform is all operations management. It's how do you script out the perfect shift week day of the month? You know, that's what our right. platform does. And we do mm -hmm. it for big multi, we do it for manufacturing, but we also do it for big multi uh, location chains, you know? Wow. Great. Um, yeah. So we're kind of on the same thing. It, we, yeah, we could talk tech the whole time, but we probably bore the heck I think out so. Of it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so let's move on to the second question. Uh, what is the big project or initiative that you're working on right now? So as I actually scratch at the beginning, uh, really expansion and making a huge growth is my objective for this year. Uh, it's quite difficult to mention uh, because it's a, it's a confidential information, but within one week, we will have a big announcement. 
uh, oh, nice. on, on off black. Uh, so really our focus right now is growing fast and expand it to different markets, example like a US market as well as a European market because our base is in London. At the same time, we increase our subscription business uh, customers. So uh, what we have actually done uh, quite recently, we have actually changed, I mean, Off Black is actually subscription business. So unlike normal you know, tea companies, we actually give a opportunity to do the subscriptions. Uh, before our subscription was more focusing on only tea. Now uh, the new subscription will be slightly different. So we're giving some sort of gift inside of the tea so that you can actually enjoy the lifestyle. So instead of giving you only tea, which is a part of the lifestyle, but we are giving you a package of a lifestyle where you can actually enjoy. And that's our focus. So gross expansion for a subscription within the country and expansion of global is what we are actually currently working on. So I'm currently in touch with uh, Department of International Trade of UK. So that's one task I'm actually dealing with. And US entry, uh, believe it or not, as a foreigner, it's not easy to actually enter the market. Yes, we already you know, partnered with one of the disputer who's actually helping us to enter the Amazon US, but it is online basis. We want to actually enter our own you know, D2C uh, business in America, uh, you know, uh, North America, and make sure that we are actually, uh, you know, uh, standing in there alone. And that's really one of our objectives we are currently assessing. And, and it's not easy, you know, we spent a lot of time the last couple of months to assess how we can actually enter US market, how we enter a European market. Uh, and US market, only one good thing is a language, but uh, because we are using the same language, but at the same time, it's a different continent, which means we need to actually set up a whole logistics fulfillment, I mean, logistics fulfillment center throughout the, you know, uh, website developments and et cetera, et cetera. Whereas a European country, yes, it is geometrically quite convenient for us because it is very close to us, but at the same time, they use a different language. So all the packaging has to be changed. And uh, that's one of the challenges we are going through. And that's a focus of mine at this moment. It, it was interesting. I had another Londoner uh, yeah. on a couple of weeks ago. I don't know, you may, maybe you even met her. She has a, a beverage company called Nixon Kicks and okay. they are like sodas, um, but they have a cayenne pepper in them and they are, uh, they're like for people who want to have something interesting to drink, but they're not drinking like uh, alcoholic beverages and stuff. So that might be like strawberry, you know, strawberry kiwi, that kind of a thing. For okay. someone at the bar who's not a big drinker. And her big problem that she was running into in her distribution, because she's got a, a distribution in England and then also in Europe, yeah. is uh, is the sugar labeling. Because every EU country has That's a different right. level of sugar, which you're dodging, yes. by the way, because you don't put sugar in tea, right? But yep. uh, so she, that was another killer for her, was the labeling requirements and the sugar warnings. And it was causing her to have to have a different barcode 
yeah for each country and it was becoming a real like that was becoming a logistical kind of huge problem which we don't even do that in the u.s right now there is no sugar tax if you will but in some different countries there are sugar taxes which yeah you is also sugar annoyance tax, so yeah yeah i understand the difficulty of uh sugar uh related uh, product uh yeah. we actually review that sugar element as well uh but we we obviously because of tea you know naturally we are sweet but uh, we don't put any sugar which is yeah. good for us yeah that works out right i mean tea is a very uh is a very uh what's it called it's not simple because it's it's but uh it doesn't have a lot of obviously ingredients you know it's just the blending of the tea leaves is really yeah actual technology of the tea comes from two things one is a blending uh it's like a wine uh, when you actually look at the wine how you blend it how you actually store it where which temperature and etc it makes huge huge differences this is exactly the same yeah. so how you dry it how you actually chop it how you slice it in a way that it fits into one tea bag and you blend it together is it, it changes huge taste so obviously we had to look you know uh so many different ingredients we are using majorly 14 different countries ingredients uh throughout the country i mean the different countries and and this is one of the element that we uh, our OEM is actually specialized, and we're closely working with our OEM development team to make sure that our quality and taste is actually best. And and you know the producing large quantity, as you can imagine, tea industry. If you're actually going for small quantity, it's quite difficult to survive. One thing is opening a company, but the other thing is actually surviving in the country and surviving in the country what we tend to do we need to actually increase the volume uh in order to increase the volume we need to have a capability and and that's another technology you need to actually get our support otherwise it's difficult to actually scale up the your business yeah well, uh, and so you, and you talk about technology a lot and just you talk about the technology of the tea. Now you're the first subscription tea service I've ever heard of. So that's obviously technology, right? Using a, a SaaS model to deliver tea. Yeah. Um and, and and there's technology behind that. You have to process the order, you have to get them on the a recurring schedule, recurring billing, and then obviously you have to ship the tea as cheaply as possible yes. uh, to the person so you can maximize profit margins. And then obviously, if I was to subscribe to off black tea in the US, your shipping's gonna it might you might not even break even because of shipping from the UK today to the US could be expensive. Is that correct? Yeah. Uh, the difficulty of a different market is actually the logistics cost at this moment. Because of the pandemic, uh, we see huge yeah. hike on logistics cost. And sure. uh, if the order is a small which means we need to actually find a consolidator to ship the uh, products. It's no more economical anymore. So we really need to find the balance of uh, right volume at the same time, you know, right timing for delivering those products. So sure. it is actually one of the problem that we are actually going through at this moment. That's right. Yeah. And yeah, I have a buddy. Oh, sorry, go on. Yeah, yeah, and 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 uh, in terms of subscription, 
yes, you are right. Uh, one of the difficulty as a small company is a web development for the subscriptions. Uh, there is no uh, perfect fit uh, for your product of subscription in the market at this moment. So you can't actually just buy as off-shelf, you know, products or web 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 products, website product. I would say, on the market at this moment. So we had to sort of build from scratch. We spend quite a lot on uh, web development, uh, and also uh, we took a lot of time to actually build what we want at this point of time. When we continuously improve it, and UX UI is something new which I've never uh, experienced in my life before, and now it become significantly important for our website and UX UI is one other areas that we are currently working on as well. Oh yeah. It, it, you know, when UX is done well, you don't even notice it. And I think Apple's kind of the like benchmark on UX. Like if you can make something that like you can hand to a two-year-old and they can figure it out, then you know, you're doing yeah. okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, that's interesting. Well, cool. And, um, I, you know, we should talk because I do have a, a good friend of mine has a company that is uh, a big, they take online orders and then they like label them and then they ship them out. So after the call is over, we can chat about that. Um, yeah, they, do a lot of, they do it a lot in like the supplement marketplace and they're here in Colorado. Colorado's interesting town. Colorado is interesting because we have Celestial Seasonings, which is a huge tea brand here in the U.S. I don't even know who owns them now. And then there's another guy uh, who uh, J.B. Cooper or something teas, and he was like, uh, I think he worked at Celestial that made his own tea company here too. So we we have a lot of tea here in Colorado. Oh, it's a good market for me. <laughs> yeah, exactly, absolutely. Um, <laughs> Well, and I guess too, real quick, because we have, uh, well, I guess we have an international audience as well, but like, uh, let's talk tea a little bit because, you know, obviously in the U.S. we're a big coffee country, but I it think is. we have a significant, we have a, a significant iced tea realm. And then obviously there are people who drink tea here as well, like hot tea. Um, but, you know, around like, what's the, what's the market breakdown from coffee to tea around the world? Like, you know what I mean? Like, like is Europe, primarily is it 50 50 i'm just curious kind of what you guys see around that no actually tea if you compare tea versus coffee our data clearly shows that coffee is you know significant so you know uh some countries even like 80 20 and some countries it can be 60 40 right uh example coffee, coffee to tea just be clear, 60% yeah, coffee, 40% yeah, yeah. tea. Okay. Yeah, cool. yeah. So so coffee industry is much bigger. And uh, throughout the pandemic, actually, we clearly see a, a signal from uh, retailers that coffee industry is actually, I mean, the single individual serving coffee industry is actually significantly improving. Means more order was actually happened on the single individual serving on the coffee than the tea. So we didn't see any market growth on tea industry. What we actually saw was pretty much coffee industry improvement. So uh, sure. I was actually thinking to mention these things later, but 
what we have seen, this is something we didn't expect to see uh, during this coronavirus uh, situation. That we thought, you know, people will be more health conscious and people will more transit to tea rather than coffee. But actually, sure. what we have actually seen was a completely opposite. People actually start drinking more coffee and retailers are looking for more coffees at this moment. So, so we clearly see that the, the, the market trend that moves to coffee at this moment. And yes, is that we don't shrink. I mean, we didn't shrink, shrink much. I mean, we didn't shrink at all. We, we are still same as before, but the coffee industry is kind of growing. Well, and that, yeah, that's interesting. I'm just trying to think from my own perspective. I mean, we have pod coffee. We do Nespresso at my house. This is my personal like, home. Yes. Um, and we do Nespresso. And I thought about going to raw, like getting one of those Juras or some machine like that, where I put all the raw beans in and deal with it. And I generally will shift. Like I'll do matcha for a long time. Or as we were talking earlier, we we were at Harrods a couple of years ago on vacation and we had the tea, the, the famous tea at Harrods of London. And we, we got this amazing like black tea that was like very creamy tasting. It was like, amazing. And I ended up buying some of it. And then I was drinking a lot of that tea for quite a while um, yeah. once we got back because it was so good. But I, I'll generally like I go on uh, personally, I go on like stretches where I'll do all coffee and then I'll switch tea for a month or two. Then I'll switch back, you know, but I'm also super ADD. So, yeah, who knows? Uh, but okay. I'm trying to think of just my own experience during this thing. Maybe, I don't know why, because you would have thought people would have moved to green tea just to like boost their immune systems. You know what I mean? Yes. Versus it's a coffee. thing as well. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it was just a comfort thing. You know, people just, just wanted the fat from the cream and they just were like, I don't know. Yeah, um, let me ask only, you this. Oh, go yeah. Only, only reason why we see a, a quite good hike on the coffee consumption in the retail store, if you actually think of the overall consumption of coffee, no, the, the, the cons coffee consumption hasn't gone up. But the reason why we see a hike from retailer side is because, and single individual serving side, because everyone's kind of working from home, when you actually yeah. imagine, they can't go to cafes, right, at this moment. Yeah. So, not many people actually go out and grab a coffee from the coffee shop. So what they do, they actually tend to make their coffee at home. Yeah, and that's the that's reason true. why. Yeah. Well, and we have several Starbucks in our area, and obviously in the U.S., that's the big retail coffee like giant, if you will. And those drive-throughs in the mornings are just like there are twenty-minute wait on those drive-throughs. So you know. I got to really want like a nitro cold brew or something to like sit in that line. Um, you know, like if I'm driving the kids off at school or whatever. So I, I can see that. And I mean, you know, now what I'm doing and this is crazy and I'm sure I'm overpaying is I'm probably paying retail as much as I would pay for a Starbucks. Cause I might have six pods a day. Cause I don't what? brew a pot of coffee. <laughs> I just do espresso pods. Right. So. I'm yeah. probably spending three or four bucks a day on Nespresso coffee. Um, I do have a question for you. So we had a company that was owned by Starbucks. They bought it and then they ran into the ground and it went out of business. So it's Tivana. Um, yeah. But are you guys doing anything special around the brewing of tea from like, are you looking at a teapod or, or a tea brewer, some type of thing like that? 
uh, we so Offlag is more of a convenient uh, packaging. So, so what we actually sure. try to do, as you can see, we are packed in a pyramid tea bag, and we only have got a pyramid tea bag at this moment uh, because of the blend we want to actually control. So the taste is most important for us. In order to actually blend as best as we can, we had to put it in a sort of pyramid tea bag. So at this moment, sure. uh, brewing and uh, specialties is something uh, we will look into in the future, but uh, sure. not ultimately immediate actions. Sure. And I've just seen some crazy tea things. There's a tea. There was a tea coffee shop. There was like a tea shop here in Denver, and they had the really cool drip things. And so I was just curious if, if that was something you were looking into. All right, cool. Okay. Um, okay, so we kind of talked through the second question. Let's talk about the third question. Okay. Uh, what is the one thing in the industry or your business that's keeping you up at night? Like what's worrying you right now? Yeah, I mean, uh, as I am an entrepreneur, I'm pretty sure all other people are having a similar sort of experience. As an entrepreneur, everything is actually making a wake during uh, uh, throughout the night. Um, at this moment, uh, what makes uh, me to awake is the fast-moving uh, customer trend. So sure. every day is pretty much different. I mean, w one day if you see any news about you know lockdown easing, you know, or every day like uh, if you, I mean someday if you hear something about you know uh, health benefits and things like that, you you see quite big jump from one from the other. So that's a one thing that we have to react very fastly so that we can actually work on those things. So one of the things that we have actually done is actually the uh, subscription changes, right? We've seen a data analysis. I mean, we've, we've done the data analysis. Uh, we, we actually get done the survey on our customers, try to understand our customers, what they're willing to, and we see market information, how people are actually reacting. And that actually makes me to think, what are the things that we need to play? How are we going to build our strategy? What are the you know, uh, products that we need to offer to our customers, which makes them too happy? You know, at the end of the day, when people receive our goods and they enjoy a lot, they will come back. Food is all about yeah. taste, all about you know, the, the experience. If they loved it, they will come back. And that's how we try to make very, very transparent and very clear to our customers that we are bringing a benefit to them, uh, to customers. And every day, one thing I always do myself is before I go to sleep, always try to think what are the really things that I want to see if I'm a customer. So it is a, it is a things that makes me always stay awake, actually. Yeah, I haven't slept good in years. Um, <laughs> the, it, it, yeah, in this, the pandemic, has just caused so many disruptions. Like, I don't think people realize that businesses that are like, I think people realize what's going into this. You know what I mean? And obviously when you're smaller, it's so much more, uh, you know, if you're Lipton, you got 10 billion factors. You know what I mean? Like you have such a big footprint. You yeah. Know, you can kind of absorb some of this stuff. But I mean, it, I don't know. 
I think it's very interesting with food that it like it feels so big and so like how would we not have enough tea or whatever right like it doesn't matter like you know there's a lot of people who have that because of the pandemic they've got ships sitting in Long Beach Harbor and they can't get their products offloaded to the U.S. right and so yeah. there's like shortages but like it feels like well these are big multinationals figure it out but then the reality of the world sets in and you're like hey I got it. It's literally, you can see it from the shore and it'll be three weeks before that boat gets unloaded because of social distancing regulations in Southern California. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? And so it's, it's just, it's, it's all like a real thing. It's a product that was put on a boat by a guy and it was shipped here and then it's going to get delivered here and it's going to put on a rail car there. Like it's not this big mystery that just happens it's like it's it's like a series of very logical real steps that have to take place and if one no. of them gets disrupted you're screwed yeah i mean th this is as a small company as a startup any small disruption on a market actually changes yep. life i mean threatening the life of startups it's it's not like yeah. easy to handle any changes that you see but throughout this pandemic We've seen several changes and we had to deal with it. I mean, there is no other resources who can deal with it. And then we don't have much resources to tackle and, you know, absorb those hit. So, you know, only way we can survive is really reacting fast that we can actually maneuver around and really minimize the impact that we get. Yeah. And, and but that's also the blessing of being small is you don't have to go through 80 layers like if you were at oh, yes. you'd have yes. to go through 5,000 layers you know to like get an answer but you and your partner can go oh well, this makes the most sense today do it and then it's done so that is the, yes. the beauty of being small yeah but it's exactly. also that's the, the beauty brutality of, of being small yeah and that's the um, excitement makes me to keep keep running you know keep keep motivating yeah yeah i totally agree no i, I I, I totally agree with you on that. It's funny. I was just thinking of that movie Ford versus Ferrari. I can't oh, yeah. Two years ago. <laughs> I that. That's a good movie. Yeah, but he's like, movie. he's sitting in the office and he's like, that red folder went through like 20 people's hands to get here. You know what I mean? Yes. And like that's the bureaucracy <laughs> of like the large corporation. Yes. Uh, and, and that's why we become entrepreneurs too, because if you, if you are an efficient person and you hate bureaucracy, then big corporations just crush your soul. Why can't I just do this? It's the right thing to do. And no one has permission and it's all painful. Um, yeah. And, and, and that's kind of aligned with what off black is actually offering as well. I mean, if you are looking at the market of a tea industry, you don't see much innovation gone around for the last 100 years since, you know, US actually invented the tea back. First time, you know, First time U.S. Yeah. was a, a country who introduced a tea bag. Since then, we don't see much innovation actually happened. And what we try to bring now, the innovation is not like you know, like you know, a tea bag anymore. It's more of a lifestyle that we actually bring, and that's our innovation to the market. We give a health, healthy enough to actually drink. So we do have a four different functionality. At the same time, you have a great taste. Is convenient, so uh, it fits through, you know, fits through your uh, throughout the day. So we have a morning tea, afternoon tea, and then dinner tea. I mean, evening tea. So.
this is kind of the technology, or I would say innovation that we are trying to bring into our market. And our looking is uh, great as well. Oh, yeah, it's, it's interesting you say that because you're right, you don't want a caffeinated tea at night. You want one of those like sleepy time, you know, oh, yes. which is yes. a brand here. You want something that's gonna calm you and, and clear your sinuses and, and help you kind of wind down. So that, yeah. that's really neat. I like that, that's really cool. I didn't realize that you guys were sort of looking at it that way. Um, okay, so next question. What is the one thing you thought the industry would be doing right now that it isn't? And I guess that could be the tea industry, it could be technology, it could be whatever you want. Yeah, uh, so the one thing that we were expecting by now, uh, if uh, we didn't actually go through all these pandemics or changes, what we were expecting on a shelf space of uh, retailers, we thought it's going to be more of the tour to tea industry because uh, coffee industry has grown up a lot and the industry of coffee actually moved to a coffee chain. So you see a lot of Starbucks, you know, in US, yeah. even Blue Bottle, you know, you see like Phil's Coffees and stuff like that. You actually see a lot of, you know, uh, new brands, uh, coffee chain comes up. But whereas tea, we don't see much in uh, uh, the innovations happened. So we thought it's going to actually come to tea industry and we see more younger brand appearing on the shelf space. That's what we were actually expecting. But unfortunately, it wasn't happening. Uh, and uh, maybe uh, been delayed a bit. Uh, what we look for is people who's looking for healthier uh, products. And when I say healthier, because we're using lips, you know, it's a pure natural products, you know, it can, it's coming from trees, you know, and um, we actually blend it together, give you a good flavor. So, so we thought it's going to move to the tea industry, which didn't actually happen. And that's the one thing that I am kind of disappointed, but at the same time, I'm excited to see the changes in the future. Yeah, I mean, I know like in Denver, we had one or two tea, sh I mean, there, I, there are tea shops around. I bet you there's probably five or 10 in Denver. I mean, that's just a rough guess for me. And I, you know, I'm basing that just on, yeah. you know, uh, I, I know two or three, and I would assume there's more that I don't know about for sure. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but like, because, uh, you know, I, I mean, I, I never leave the suburbs anymore. But anywho, uh, but I think what's interesting is, yeah, whereas like Starbucks is obviously huge and Starbucks does sell tea uh, here. I mean, that's the biggest chain coffee shop. Um, but I, I think your subscription model from a scalability perspective, and obviously I'm a tech guy, but I'm like, wow, you know, because you just have so many, you have such less rigmarole, you know what I mean? When you control everything, you don't have to you don't have to deal with Kroger's and Starbucks. You can just get it right into the hands of your people, like a Facebook ad strategy with, uh, or, you know, internet ad strategy. And then, and then let those guys come to you and say, Hey, we want to carry your tea because you're making such a huge splash in the tea world. I mean, yeah, I mean, that's what we're hoping to see. But for your information, uh, Starbucks actually changed their menu quite a lot. If you actually look at original Starbucks menu, you will see majority of the majority of their menu was focused on coffee. But if you yeah. now go to the Starbucks, 
yes, Tivana is also good uh, region wide. They actually introducing more tea menus, but it's quite clear that you actually see almost a half and half menu of coffee and tea. Wow. So, so the market trend of uh, tea consumption is definitely going to go up. Uh, we are expecting nice. the tea industry will go up because it's a more natural. And if you see the history, coffee is fairly new compared to tea. Like uh, tea is like since what, how many years the tea market was existing, uh, tea product was existing compared to coffee industry, coffee, coffee products. So uh, we, are, we are definitely hoping to see that as also subscription, I mean, quite a lot of people still drink a lot of tea i mean when people consume tea uh they tend to drink at least three cups of tea per day so uh nice. so they need a lot of tea actually so our That's subscription great. is perfectly fit with one month roughly one month worth of actually tea consumptions so if you are a normal tea drinker we estimated roughly one or two cups of tea every day and that's about our you know, subscription models to provide you the tea that you can actually enjoy. At the same time, you have uh, some sort of snack, some sort of gift you can play with, and which perfectly fit with our tea's functionality. So, so that's why we say we are offering lifestyle. Yep, I saw the little the, the drink tea repeat cup on oh, the yeah. website. I thought that was cool. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay, so we're we're at the end. JC, look at how easy this was. Uh, I need a war story. Give me a war story. So something that made you cringe, something that was funny that you can't believe happened, something that made you think on your feet. Um, you know, that's what we take pride in in the restaurant industry and the food industry is how we dealt with the the crazy situation. So do you have one for us? Okay. Uh, crazy situation so far uh, that I experienced was actually one of the restaurant experience that I actually had. Uh, as you can imagine, restaurant is a really crazy, right? It sometimes can go viral. Uh, we actually, spon not sponsored, uh, we, we were actually catering, uh, you probably know the band name BTS. Have you heard about BTS? Yes. Uh, and that's uh, the Korean band, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. When yeah. they actually came over to UK, uh, we were one of their cater uh, uh, inside of the stadium uh, to cater them. And that time, uh, one day, we see huge queue. People are actually queuing for our food. And we only prepared like 250 portion of uh, product, I mean, the, the, the meals. And then the, the queue we've seen, it was more than 400. And we have to deal with it, right? So... We can't we can't give nothing to our customers and and we can't just to say oh we, we our food is all run out which means they can't have a dinner or lunch so so we had to source all that 200 additional dishes and that's one of the crazy things that I've actually experienced you know I actually lost the six kilogram during three days of event <laughs> you lost that much weight just yeah. working that hard that's oh awesome. yeah <laughs> Well, that's that's funny. Yeah, so that was the one of the most fun, fun, you know, experience that I've actually done. Uh, and 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 TV business, I I this is a one confidential I can't share. 
which you will know within a week time uh, frame because we're going to do quite massive uh, marketing as well as uh, they're going to do. Uh, I've actually participated in one of the TV program. I can't mention which program I actually uh, participated. Uh, that one was also a good fun for us. We actually attended, we prepared everything, all the process we went through. And, you know, as a, as a kid come from uh, South Korea, never imagined that I'm going to be on a TV. You know, I, I kind of been filmed and it was a good fun sort of experience also. But yeah, I will possibly share where I was, uh, where, where we were and which program we are attending uh, within sort of a couple of weeks time with you. So what we'll do then is uh, we will, uh, you'll send me the link and I will update the show notes uh, okay. with a YouTube link or a link to their website, whatever it is. And we'll yeah. update the show notes for you so that okay. anybody who wants to see where your TV appearance will be able to get it on the podcast show notes. Well, okay, will do. J JC, this was great, man. I really appreciate your time today. Thank you for uh, coming on the Order Up podcast and sharing your uh, story with us. Um, we will have uh, links to Off Black um, and we'll have links to your television show appearance uh, in the show notes. Uh, is there anything else you want to promote real quick before we get out of here? I mean, I would like to promote, obviously, Off Black is my baby. And and obviously, uh, my, yeah, oh, the, the things that I'm focusing at the moment. Uh, our subscription is changing, and uh, we are coming to U.S. very soon as well. So when we actually come to U.S., please give us a warm welcome. And uh, we will, you know, try to offer best lifestyle product as possible for you guys. So please visit offblack.com. Thank you. Uh, you're welcome. And thank you for being on the show. And thank you guys for listening to the Order Up podcast. And we'll have more shows coming out soon. Thank you, Tommy. You're welcome. See you, man.